how do you lead a team that's culturally diverse, geographically diverse, technically diverse, I would claim you'll find many more uh, tech leads in Bulgaria than you find in... Hello everyone and welcome back to Hackcast Season 4. We are here at our studio at the Hacksoft office and what we are doing, Hackcast, is the official podcast of Hacksoft where we try to find the intersection between software development as an engineering topic and the business of running a software development company mm -hmm. from the unique perspective of us being in Bulgaria, which is one of the fastest growing IT ecosystems in Eastern Europe. Um, before we introduce our guest, we have an improvement in our studio, and this improvement is because of me. Ivo, would you like to say a few words about it? Yeah, our microphones just got a little bit bigger. They have a pop filter, and, pop we, are, filter. and we are hoping that pop. they will keep rather away from the mic at least like two inches away so, so you can have better audio. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> uh, you should see the face, uh, the Teddy's face for the previous episodes when I'm like this close to the microphones <laughs> and I, I can imagine the horrors of her editing the sounds uh, of everyone. But now we have pop filters, so kudos to Teddy. Uh, the sound should be better. And for this particular episode, we are going to talk about the business of the Bulgarian IT industry. I was really, really looking forward for this episode. And with us today, we have Timo Railo. Did I say this correctly? You got it exactly right. Oh, great. Who is the guy to talk about this topic? Because he has over 30 years of experience in the IT industry, 17 of which are in, with the Bulgarian IT industry and running a company in Bulgaria. And he's been living uh, in Bulgaria in Sofia for the past 10 years. So I have a geek joke here. Go. If Timo was a Warcraft 3 item, okay. he would be a tome of greater experience. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this, this, right. this is okay. what this, this came to me um, this morning in the traffic. And uh, before we dive deep in the, uh, into the topic of the business of the Bulgarian IT industry, Timo, please say a couple of words about you and about the East. And thank you for being here. Oh, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm super happy to be here. Uh, we met several times and I think we've had very, very interesting conversations. Yes. I find it a little amusing that you, you bring in a Finn to talk about Bulgarian IT industry. So I need to, I'll try to thread carefully. <laughs> uh, I've, I've always enjoyed working, working in Bulgaria, working with Bulgarian colleagues. I love it. I love living here. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously this is a topic that's very close to my heart. Uh, I, Bulgaria is my home. I'm from Finland, but I don't call it home anymore. It's a place where I go, go visit. It's my birth country, mm -hmm. but Bulgaria is really my home. Uh, I come from East and uh, still, yeah, until uh, beginning of this year, I used to be the CEO of East. Uh, these days, I'm the CTO of East. So nice. it is it's kind, of, kind of coming out of the closet and saying that, okay, yeah, I'm a tech nerd. <laughs> uh, my wife uh, took the baton and, uh, and she's running the company as a CEO role. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Uh, 
So East um, yep. com- company, uh, company I'm running. Great name and branding, just want to oh, say. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, there's several people I need to thank about that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the name, name goes back, uh, not 17 years, but almost. Uh, and East these days is a matchmaker between Nordic, Nordic and uh, Eastern European uh, IT companies. Um, we find culturally and technically fitting talent uh, for outsourced IT needs. So you basically, if I have to uh, summarize and explain it further, you work with businesses that are located in the Nordics, which is Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Nor- Norway. Uh, do, do you consider Denmark Nordics, or um, am I opening a can of worms? No, or not uh, go there? no uh, yes, Denmark is definitely part of Nordics, All but right. it's uh, it's not our target market. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, a topic of different Nordic cultures and the, and the cultural fit in general uh, it would be a would be a good good yeah. topic for a, for a podcast. Uh, Danish market is different from uh, from Finland, Sweden got it, uh, got it. and Norway. But um, the businesses are coming from the Nordics and then the talent is coming from uh, Eastern European countries, Bulgaria yes, mostly, yes. but you also mentioned Romania. Yeah. And also, interestingly, North Macedonia and Albania. Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, Bulgaria being our home base, so we started first in Varna, beautiful, beautiful coastal coastal city of Bulgaria, those those who don't know Bulgaria. Um, ended there a little bit uh, by accident, uh, <laughs> found some excellent people there. Um, and initially we were running um, s- with a similar business model uh, as Hacksoft. So we had development, we had design, we were doing digital marketing, um, backend systems, mobile apps, you name it. Uh, we did it in the digital world. Um, and and from there, we kind of have transi- transitioned to the current uh, current model, model of working. Um, Got it. Got it. When did you start it? Uh, we started seventeen years. Seventeen, all right. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a very different different market then, uh, and uh, and Bulgaria is our our home base, and obviously here we know we know the people culturally. We're very close, especially to Finland, um, but do the do the scarcity of talents we've also had to expand so already a few years ago we started uh, started looking outside of bulgaria uh, hmm. we have some excellent talent on the neighboring countries we work uh, with quite many romanian companies nice. north macedonia serbia now there are interesting markets like albania yep. kind of up, up, upcoming um, super super talent very very ambitious people yeah, and that's that's good for especially for the smaller countries. It's something to look forward to develop. And Bulgaria, uh, so I pulled some numbers for the topic. We're going to talk about the business of the Bulgarian industry. And for from Bascom's uh, report uh, for 2023, uh, it's four billion euros in revenue, which uh, accounts for 4.5 percent of the GDP of Bulgaria. And we were uh, before we we started recording, we were discussing with Timo that. For me, this sounds like a small, um, uh, like a niche industry, the IT uh, industry in Bulgaria. Yet it accounts for 4.5% 4, 4. of the GDP. And uh, Timo made a very good point that 
it might be like small in total count. I was thinking that we are above 100k, but uh, Timo, what, what are your... Uh, I mean, because there's several several mm. ways of counting it, and you also have several different statistics. Buscom mm. uh, numbers tend to be a little bigger than many many right. other other estimates about it, uh, because the outsourcing or nearshoring industry if you start, if you count call centers, uh, if you count different kind of back office functions, so we have accounting, we have different kind of business mm -hmm. support functions. It is bigger. Um, the the numbers that we kind of uh, see being maybe the closest mm -hmm. are are between sixty five thousand and seventy thousand. Right. But this is a IT talent. All right. Um, and then again, when you look at IT talents, you have um, you have pure kind of staff augmentation, mm. uh, and then more and more companies are moving towards end-to-end -end solutions, actually solving business problems yep. rather than staffing problems. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's a it's a sizable industry, and and uh, when you look at the size of the industry, it's not just the industry itself. It's kind of everything uh, that that it generates around mm. it. Um, at one one point, Nokia was hugely important for Finnish mm. economy. So yeah. it was Nokia alone was about five percent of the GD. GDP, it's, it's yeah. mind blowing, but then if you accounted all the all the companies servicing this ecosystem, yeah. we were at over ten percent. Got it. Got it. So yeah, the network effect of the e uh, ecosystem here is actually also really important because it's not just the people working directly, but also the people servicing uh, servicing those companies. And uh, for uh, our listeners abroad, Bulgaria is six point five million in population. It's a relatively small country, especially because I was pulling some numbers for Poland, <laughs> which are like their revenue for the IT industry was over forty billion euros uh, last year, but they also have a lot more um, people than us and for Bulgaria if, if you take me and Ivo uh, thanks to this IT ecosystem we somehow managed to build a company and uh, kind of be considered as middle class I, I will not say we are exactly middle class perhaps a little bit beyond that uh, because uh, there are folks with uh, European uh, funding and money who are <laughs> a little bit above the middle class, but that, that's, a, that's a different topic. Uh, it actually helped lift a lot of people out of, out of poverty and helped a lot of people to earn enough money to live a decent life and help their parents as well. Absolutely right. It's uh, it's kind of interesting if you look at the whole whole Eastern European um, markets that are very strong in IT. Yes, I wouldn't I wouldn't call most IT workers middle class. I mean, mm. if you have a iOS developer with uh, five years of experience driving a, a Mercedes uh, sixty three yeah. AMG, <laughs> uh, is it, maybe we are kind of a little bit beyond uh, mm. beyond middle class in 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 some of the cases, not in all all the yeah. cases. Um, What's something that a lot of people who are not coming from Eastern Europe Europe don't often realize is is how big the bracket is. Uh, so yes. so so we have a we have contrast in everything, and this is one of the things that I love about Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. There's contrast in everything. Uh, 
whereas my home country in Finland is is much more standardized. I mean, uh, salary expectations fluctuate like this. Uh, your living standard, uh, whether whether you a big a mm. bigger company CEO or 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 a teacher, the difference is not so big here. Uh, it's like it can that be is, day is, and night. It's really, really, really big. Yeah, and you know, while I was preparing for the, for this, like at heart, the Bulgarian IT industry is service oriented. Yes. I think it's safe to say that. Uh, in the recent years, there are more startups, but it's still safe to say that we are service-oriented. So, Timo, can you help us explain what the service business means? Because we are usually throwing some uh, terms like outsourcing, outstaffing, team augmentation, my personal favorite, nearshoring. I'm, I'm always baffled by this word. So, <laughs> let's, let's start by explaining those things and then we will uh, go into more details about yes. the ecosystem itself. Yes, this is a, um, it's a challenging topic to cover overall. Um, if we start from the kind of the history, history of the markets, uh, Bulgaria, first, first uh, Soviet computers were built in Bulgaria. Yeah. So Bulgaria has a very long tradition in, in IT and IT-related industries. Um, I can see that, the, for example, level of math that we have just a normal Bulgarian mm. school is very high. Uh, yeah. My son does both international and Bulgarian schools, uh, and and we can see that the math is way yeah. ahead of the American standard, for example. Um, so there's a there's a good good base. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, no worries. Uh, taking taking into account on how the industry has developed, um, we have been here very often what what I call tire two or tire three providers, meaning right. meaning that uh, the direct contact with the end customers or the customer with a business problem uh, has been traditionally serviced uh, by a local company. And then um, we've been providing additional help. Maybe it's a team, maybe it's individual talent. Um, by a local company, you mean, for example, let's say, let's say, take Germany, like a local German company is working with a German business, and exactly. then we, being tire two and tire three, we are uh, communicating mostly with the proxy uh, and doing, and not directly with the client in the business. Yes. All right. And and um, and this affects a lot of things. Um, firstly, of course, it's about how you selling things. So okay. If you establish a good rapport, if you have a good relationship with an IT company, your selling, uh, especially past years, has been quite easy. So it's about getting getting an email uh, that okay, we're just starting this project, and we're gonna need a Java developer, we're gonna need a DevOps, and we're gonna need a mobile developer. Can you help me out with this? And then you say, okay, I have the perfect guys, mm. uh, and this would be the price. Um, this is very different from how this German company has sold on the local market. All right. Um, and and um, 
what's kind of a it's a bit of a cancer of the industry as well are our long supply chains um so we uh, long supply chains long supply chains meaning that it might not be that we, uh, company here is tire two mm, mm. uh we might have company here that's tire four, even tire five, meaning that there are four companies between uh, the talents and the clients. Obviously, this uh, drives up the prices, but it also makes communication much more difficult. So, for example, with the with the Germans, we have a German business that's uh, has been serviced by a German company that is tire one, yeah. like directly speaking with the business. Then they hire a company in Bulgaria, which is tire two. Then this company uh, outsources or kind of hires another company that can also kind of hire uh, freelancers or another company yes. in order to get to the talent that will do the actual job. And then you have like this long supply chain, which also if everyone puts 10 to 15 percent price increase at every step sometimes even more uh, this will bump the price by a lot it it will bump the price by a lot and and it's also something that c- can create uh, distrust if mm-hmm. uh, if it's not transparent um, these days um, clients understand very well that the industry has become very networked. Nobody has people people sitting on yeah. the bench that are ready to jump on their need right away. So companies need to work together. Um, and that's one of the one of the things that I really like about Bulgaria. Mm. Uh, companies know how to work together. It's, uh, okay, we don't have that talent. Maybe Rada has it. Mm. I pick up the phone and I check, okay, Rada, would you, could, can you help me out here? Yeah. Uh, and there's a very smooth collaboration. And I think that's that's perfectly fine. But if I start saying that, uh, okay, Rado, when you guys come and meet with the client, please ask them to tell that they're actually coming from East. Yeah. And and I I think that's that's such an old-fashioned way to to think and run business because then then uh, you kind of need to be proud of what you mm. do. Uh, if you're not. If you question in your own value, you you end up creating a smoke screen, and, and I, that's not good for anyone. Uh, that's a good message, by the way. Uh, I think we've seen it uh, sometimes. Like companies are say say that you are uh, on, on our behalf, and like I, I I can tell my people, but if they decide not to lie, they would not lie. But recently, it's more like the network effect that you are uh, talking about, and I was quite skeptical of it, but now I see it working when all the parties really want to uh, solve a problem or deliver deliver some kind of value to the client, and we just come together, form a team of three companies, and address the needs. Exactly, because at the end of the day, it's about solving clients' problem, yeah. and and uh, for us, we have a. Um, we try to be very flexible when we work with our partners here locally. But there are a few things that 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 we really don't put up with, mm. and that's dishonesty. Mm. So so we're gonna we're going to ask. Okay, so is is this person or this team are they are they employed by you? Because very often we have a contractual obligation to disclose that. So if you fool me, that's it. Yeah, I yeah. mean. We don't. Our, our blacklist is very short. There are like three <laughs> companies, uh, but I, I think but it's there also, is one. Uh, 
uh, I, I think it's also telling. Uh, we don't normally with smaller companies we don't have this problem. It's just you need to have the earnest talk and say, hey, okay, I understand how this business works. I've been working in Eastern Europe for quite a long time, uh, and it's it's fine by me. Mm. But you tell me how it is. Uh, yeah, so all, all of these uh, three companies that are on the blacklist are, are companies that are 100 plus. And mm. I find it alarming that they would have such a culture. I, we, 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 can, we can get there in a moment. Uh, and I, I know why, why they, those companies are doing this, uh, la- doing it like this. But uh, usually, let's, let's clear out, uh, out stuffing. <laughs> Sorry. I got an attention. No, 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 no. That's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> this is what we want to do with, with the podcast. We have for uh, the viewers and for the speakers, we have a framework uh, with uh, topics and questions that we have agreed uh, per, uh, before the recording with Timo. But the idea is to f- have the conversation flow. That that's That's what we want to do. So... Usually, people are really confused by outstaffing versus outsourcing versus team augmentation. So yes. let's let's clear those three. <laughs> yes, and then we will. Continue. Okay, uh, so team team augmentation. Uh, when I see t- say team augmentation, um, it means usually uh, that there is a team in place already, um, and this can be at the end clients. Mm. It can come from a local IT company or it can be a combination of both. And, and they are, uh, they need some talent, something that's missing from the team. Yeah. So this is normally team augmentation. These guys become part of a team that already yeah. exists. And, uh, and they also uh, treat it as, as part of the team. This is especially with Nordic clients, teams tend to be very inclusive, so okay. So it's not like, okay, you're in Bulgaria, you handle these Jira tickets, we don't want to talk to you. It's not like that. They mm. really are part of the team. Um, and and uh, this, is a, this is a very big part of the business. Yep. Uh, also, because more and more of the IT-related things are at the core of a, a company's business, mm. which means that they need to have know-how internally, which means that they know what they want. Um, Then uh, we also have uh, cases where where the client has a similar model, but they're looking for an entire team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the team uh, team is led by the client's uh, client's management. So there might be a product owner, there might be a technical product owner. In some cases, there might be uh, CTO type of a role or technical yep. lead. Uh, sometimes it's just the product owner. Mm. Uh, then outsourcing. Uh, I think it's it's like an umbrella yeah. umbrella team for for buying services from out outside. Uh, but then uh, the other term where I kind of draw clear differentiation. So we have staff augmentation, and then kind of on the other end of the scale, we have end-to-end, meaning yeah. that we are, uh, that the company is there to solve a business problem rather than IT problem. Of course, very often there is a certain IT context. So if the client is doing SAP, 
uh, and they yeah. want to start using uh, SAP Commerce uh, modules mm -hmm. or HR modules or something like that. So it, it is very much an IT challenge as yeah. well. Um, but in terms of selling it, communicating about it, running it, it is end-to-end. -end. Yeah. Uh, and then within end-to-end, -end, uh, you have projects that are fixed in scope, fixed in yeah. price, um, which these days are not so common anymore. Um, and then kind of the more standard industry model these days is... Uh, we we build by the hour, so so time time and material time and material the so called yeah. yeah. So we have outsourcing the umbrella term. I think every time you introduce a, a, a tier a tier like tier one tier two, tier three, the dynamic between the tiers can be called outsourcing. Yeah. Uh, then we have outstaffing and team augmentation and staff augmentation. I believe we can like put them in in in, in one basket. Uh, where, for example, we as Hacksoft, we have we have some talent here. Then a certain client comes and says, "Hey, we already have teams, but we are lacking these three particular positions. Yes. So can you help us uh, staff that, fill fill those gaps? And our folks are effectively joining and working for for the client, and they're being managed and led by the client, filling those gaps. Uh, then we have the what Timo mentioned, the end, like the end-to-end -end solution where, for example, a client comes and says, hey, I have this business problem. Yes. Can you help me solve it? I don't really care how and how the team is going to look like. You negotiate on some kind of a budget and then you start executing. And in this particular um, like bracket, you can include fixed projects where, hey, I have this uh, specification. Can you give me a price? And yes. then you start executing, and then when you give a final price to the client, the client usually uh, don't care how many people are going to be working on the project yeah. at all. They care about the outcome, uh, and those are like the modes of working. And then I think all of those modes of working are kind of, if we talk about the business side, how, how do you price and how do you uh, charge the clients? Uh, then then it comes the term time and material i was uh, always confused by this like why, why why time and material but how i understand it is you have hourly rates for different people or different positions and then the work that you do you track those hours and then at the end of the month you have a timesheet you sum up everything and you issue an invoice um for the total number and i, I believe this is the default way of doing business in the IT service industry all over the world. And this is how people usually, if someone is looking for, is fishing for a price or looking for if something's going to fit within their budget, what you discuss with the clients, and for example, this is from our experience, the clients, they usually ask, what, what are your rates? Like yes, this is the question. When yes. we start talking about money, they ask, what are your rates? And... I mean, it's a yeah. it, it's Please. it's one of the worst ways to measure uh, because it it, we we all technical, mm. so so we kind of we know how it is possible. Everyone talks about the mythical ten times pro yeah, yeah. more productive yeah. developer. Yeah. Um, that's not true. 
the the difference is even bigger mm. because sometimes the right answer is not doing it or or using a ready-made software mm. uh, and then whether you pay the person mm. who actually puts these pieces together whether you pay 50 euros or 500 euros becomes insignificant because that's not the way uh, that's not the way you then uh, the incentives look, are wrong look, look at the look at the business value but quite honestly we haven't come up with a better way either mm. because um, clients problems are very often very complex yeah. and measuring the outcome of what we do is very difficult yeah. um, but okay, especially I've, if we are tired to our territory yes especially uh, because yes, we don't have the, the yeah, connection yeah, with the business yeah. Uh, I, so I've been I've been leading tech teams. Mm. I've I've been a technical product owner. I've been a, I've been a, now I'm CTO again. Mm. Yeah, uh, and uh, I've been leading technical teams. I've been I've been uh, just uh, also last year we we used outsourced help for for our own IT, mm. and it is so easy to see that okay, if there's a five euro. Uh, difference on the hourly price it means absolutely nothing yep. if the difference in productivity is manifold yep. um, so I mean uh, I, I'm sometimes we are in this staff augmentation mm -hmm. business so we find for our clients we find specific expertise or specific mm -hmm. teams but I'm still bothered by the fact that okay so You need a .NET developer. Okay, here's uh, here are ten yeah. good professionals that that we know of, and then they're like, okay, we really like this guy, but do you think we could get the price down by three euros? That's everyone's working with some kind of a budget and trying to fit within a budget. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you have an, uh, like a price per hour, it's easy to basically put in Excel or a spreadsheet and run the numbers and see if hiring this team will uh, be within your budget. And I believe this is we tried we tried uh, fighting with this for for some time. Uh, we are still. Effectively, I'm not sure. Yeah, we have one client where we work by the hour right now, but most of our clients we at least managed to negotiate a monthly fee. Yes. Like, hey, we we are fully engaged with you. We are solving your problems. Let's not let's not deal with timesheets. Uh, yet, when you are talking with new clients and new business, and we were making this mistake for for some time, is when they ask you, hey, what's your rate? And then we start, oh, do you know we don't build by the hour because this is not a very good idea. This is how, and, and then you spend five to 10 minutes explaining something that the client, he, the client he or she, they don't care. They just want to hear a number because this number qualifies you. And then we went back to when they ask us about an hourly rate, we just say our hourly rates. And then further down in the negotiation process, we try to figure out if it's going to be a fixed price or we can uh, figure out a monthly fee or we need to build trust first. And then we're just going to build by the hour for the first three months. And then we can turn it around for, yeah. for, for something yeah. else. I think uh, one, of, one of the keys there and something that especially new entrepreneurs very easily forget and startups 
I, I've been running a startup. I made this mistake myself. So, <laughs> so speaking from experience, uh, first thing is that client needs to be able to put you in a box. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. The more clear the box is, more easily the client understands what is your place in the value chain. Mm. And the other one is, if you're selling something that doesn't have a line in the budget, you are in a world of hurt because then the client client needs to sell internally as well. Mm. No, uh, It's very rare that you have a case that someone has got blanche and they can just, okay, we take this. So they need to sell internally. And if there's no line in the budget, they need to fight. They need to fight a lot. So even though I think uh, your example is great and the way you guys are doing it is, is, is good, maybe at the end of the day, the way to measure is through some different KPIs. Yes. Uh, but initially, to get the sale and get the trust of the client, you got you kind of have to go by the industry standards. And the industry standards is hourly billing. So what Timo just said is a very important business lesson for everyone who wants to make money uh, from a business. Like be do what the industry is doing, be flexible because you don't want to uh, give your client a lot of headaches. Like this was uh, our biggest lesson for 2023. Yeah. And once you establish trust, then the conversation can be much more different and then you can find something that is tailor-made for your particular relationship with this client. But until then, just do what the industry does because you need to be put in a box and you need to be put in uh, on a row, in a spreadsheet, in a budget. So what you're selling can be justified. Yes. Extremely, exactly. extremely important. And just to just to finish perhaps the, with the terms before we because this is a really important it's a, topic I, I, I think you <laughs> explain them so, so much better than i do yeah, I, so I, I i'm a good at gonna, summarizing we i think we're going to take clips of uh, of this podcast uh, <laughs> and and use it in our communications I, I tend to go on rambling, but you're very, very good at summarizing. Yeah, please tell us about nearshoring. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so nearshoring, we use that term. Um, not not because we think it's the greatest term in the world. Uh, <clears throat> but um, if you look at the, the kind of the first uh, wave of going outside of your country, um, this was very often Southeast Asia, especially India. Mm. Uh, it was little, uh, especially for American companies, it was very much similar to what's, what's AI. All of a sudden, mm. look, we get for the same money, we get three times the output. Then yeah. uh, over time, companies learned that it wasn't true. Mm. Very often, you would pay that money and then you would need to redo it. So the outsourcing, whether it's in States or it's uh, it's in the Nordics, can have a bit of a bad ring to it. Mm. Uh, some of the companies have been solving uh, solving it by by creating kind of a ticketing interface. So so you just put in tickets. Somebody on the other end picks up the tickets. You don't really know what's happening there. It's a black box. <clears throat> um, so this another term again, uh, offshoring uh, was, a, was a big thing um, 15 years ago on the kind of the first wave. 
it turned a lot of companies, a lot of people off from going outside of their country. Um, so nearshoring, I think, is more about it's being on the t- same time zone, it's being culturally closer, right. uh, is is being able to integrate with the client's way of working. Mm. Um, but it's a, maybe it's a sales term, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, but it's, it's a, a differentiation. Term. So Bulgaria is a nearshoring destination for Europe? but not for the states not for the states no not, not for the states yeah it's just 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 a side note the first time i heard near shoring i was thinking oh someone's building an office at varnor burgas <laughs> there's the shore in the i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, from sofia perspective uh, it makes complete yeah, sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we mountain sourcing here in we're <laughs> <laughs> You should you should trademark this before we uh, air the episode, <laughs> and this brings us to uh, now. If we uh, take a more cynical view at the Bulgarian uh, IT ecosystem, one can say that we exist because our labor is cheap, mm. and of course, <clears throat> I believe there is a t- certain truth to it. Yeah, I mean that's how the industry has been born. <clears throat> Whether how true it is today. Is 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 different. Mm. Um, I've when when we built the company uh, back over fifteen years ago, um, I was very adamant about building it with the with the mindset of one company, two locations. So our our main thing was never about selling the cheapest possible price. Mm. Um, it would allow us to put more hours in, so so we would get higher quality uh, out. Um, but already then, I I saw first of all the talent. Uh, wow, there there really is world class talent here. Yeah. Um, and then when you take into account that this uh, industry is servicing, uh, I saw some some uh, number which was 93%, three, 93% of IT professionals work with customers or teams that mm. are outside of Bulgaria. So this is a super international yeah. uh, community. Everyone here speaks English, uh, very good English. <laughs> Um, and 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 kind of the mind mindset and thinking because we're a small market is very global from the get go. All right. Yeah. And 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 the fact that uh, we uh, been working in distributed teams and in a distributed f- fashion long before COVID mm. uh, has also helped us to build expertise. How do you lead a team? That's culturally diverse, geographically diverse, technically diverse. I would claim you find many more uh, tech leads in Bulgaria than you find in Finland hmm. that has experience about this. Because it's not just about tech, uh, even though we are in tech industry, so many other things are about culture. It's about connecting between people. It's about connecting the cultures, understanding the cultural differences, and 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 this is one of the things that, that we just forget to bring up. Uh, and then is a 
one thing I often say, one of the commonalities between Finland and Bulgaria is that we're small, we're small countries, and and we always been a little bit under thumb of someone, or at least scared of being under thumb yep. of someone, uh, producing a little bit poor national self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, so I think both Finland and Bulgaria have more things to be proud of that people recognize inside the country. Um, Price price is still important. Uh, So obviously a lot of the companies initially start looking at the Eastern European market to get some kind of price advantage, though in, the, in last years, not talking about 2023, but 2022 and, and several years before, it was also you just couldn't find the talent on your local market, so you would look mm. here. Um, but also in terms of price competitiveness, we're not so competitive in all cases. Yep. Uh, we started, I believe, started as, as a cheap labor destination, but what you said is really important that you can have uh, team leads here that can lead diverse uh, distributed teams and perhaps one of the biggest achievements of our educational system is i'm not sure if this applies to all schools but uh, eighth grade we only had english and mathematics yeah and so and sports like and this helped everyone at least learn to speak some kind of of english i i, I don't think our english is that decent but uh um, Come on! At least we Again, can. We give can give yourself a little bit more credit. <laughs> you know what's what's really hard when when you have clients here over and we have to explain the food because nobody taught you how to how to say uh, deal or other things. Uh, but that that's that's a different topic. Like, uh, if we're talking about pricing and prices, I think the general or the average hourly rates are. At least this is not data driven, but this is uh, like uh, what I've seen driven uh, between 30 and 50 uh, euros or dollars per hour. Uh, would you agree with that? Or Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh... We have quite a bit of data about about mm. the about the price levels, and actually, we wanted uh, we build a data portal to to. Um, to share information about what's going on in the IT market, both both in Eastern Europe and in the Nordics. Um, this was data that we kind of wanted to publish because price is, uh, is dependent on very many factors. Apparently, according to our legal, it's really, really not a good idea to publish it. Mm. Uh, so, so we're not doing it. But so first you look at the seniority. Uh, unfortunately, kind of the as we talked about, okay, what's the hourly price? People look at the years. Mm. Years, again, are not the best measure, but they give you at least some idea. So it's about seniority. And and now if we talk about senior talent, um, I would say that the average price is, uh, is between 40, 55, yeah. uh, but it can go up to hundred. Yeah. So, so we do have specialty roles. If you're, if you're, a, um, if you're a consultant on a specific ecosystem, for example, we deal with SAP, mm. Salesforce, and some of these uh, consulting roles um, can go even over hundred. But it's, I mean, it's justified. Yeah. Um, 
but again, there is scarcity of contrast. Uh, yeah. So, so, so the so the range is quite big, uh, and 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 there are companies that price themselves uh, differently. At the end of the day, if you look at how well the companies are doing, there's not that huge differences mm-hmm. on how much they're living, uh, living on, under the dotted line. Yeah. Uh, but different companies do have different pricing standards. Uh, so, so um, I I hate to talk about prices as absolutes because there's always an there is always context, but you know. I think, I think right now even the uh, the seniority doesn't really matter because uh, the negotiations are happening with just uh, hourly rates, uh, like average numbers, uh, and then you you can add seniority in the mix. But usually the negotiations are give me a range and I'll tell you if this range is applicable for me, and then we can figure out how to distribute uh, the numbers within this range uh, to to the different people. Yeah, I mean, like the way you guys are doing it with the with the retainer model, mm. I think it's much healthier because then it also encourages to bring in more junior people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the for the health of the industry, health health of the team, uh, and health of the project, it would be good to have di- diversity there. Um, this is something that we we face often. So we have a client coming in, and oh, we need four super seniors for this. And then when we start uh, kind of dissecting that, okay, mm. what what is it that you need to do? What what's what's the challenge here? And then uh, and then you see okay, there's a legacy Java system, and then there's a lot of uh, converting these things mm. to a newer version, uh, and then this very standardized integration that's going to several different places. But it's it's basically quite basic uh, mm. things that need to be done. So if you take four very senior people who are used to building greenfield projects, greenfield meaning that projects that are built from scratch, they're not going to stay there longer than two months. Yep. Either they're going to start fighting with each other on on what's the what's the right approach, yeah. uh, or then they're like, oh man, I don't want to do the shoveling. Mm. Um, if you have diversity, then that's an excellent uh, chance for more junior person to learn. Um, and and everyone's more happy because, especially when when we talk about long-term development, you, you you're fighting against uh, churn, so you want to retain people yeah. in the project because onboarding new people is expensive. Yeah, and losing project knowledge is is uh, expensive. So and to okay to summarize this topic, we have an industry not only because we are a cheap destination and this has not been like the case like, we are not the cheapest destination especially in the in recent yeah. years uh and there is enough disparity between what salary is considered high and can provide you a good means of living here in Bulgaria and what you can charge a client that's coming we are mostly working with western companies <clears throat> but for them, the cost savings are justified enough to pay you this, and then uh, you your costings are justified enough to pay uh, those salaries, which in uh, a relatively small country, which is still 
uh, being developed as as an economy, and we're part of the European Union, hopefully. Uh, this like makes a what was the word? Not leverage, but uh, when you trade on on prices, what was uh, arbitrage? Like mm-hmm. this, like we have a pretty good uh, base for arbitrage between what clients are willing to pay and what people are willing to get the salaries in order to get uh, in order to have some kind of uh, security. Mm. Because you can always be a freelancer and work at the final prices, but this 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 is a different topic. Sometimes you you just stay six months without without work because you don't know how to get new work, uh, and this builds the foundation of the Bulgarian IT ecosystem and the businesses. You stuff teams with people that are working for you. Sometimes you build teams inside your company that are solving a direct business problem. And sometimes you build teams inside your company that are teams for a particular company uh, that wants to have this price arbitrage because it makes sense to them. But they also see that our talent is good and they can deliver. And there is a certain culture match and certain culture fit. And this kinds of lays the foundation for the Bulgarian IT ecosystem. And of course the traditions. So we have traditions in in IT for for a long time. Without the good amount of people, you can't really build the industry. So we have math schools, we have good universities teaching uh, IT. We have academies, a lot of academies that are helping. They're helping for sure uh, to build this base of people you can work with. Yeah, I have, I have circle juniors here, and we can we can get there because I have a rant about them. Uh, but before we get there, do we do you want to make take a break? Um, first, I wanna I wanna address this very very quickly. Well, I, I always say quickly, and then I, <laughs> then I go on a five minute rant. You need to stop me when I do that. Um, it, one of the things that that I see here that I'm that makes me proud and and uh, to be part of the industry is that companies take training junior people people very se- seriously so it's a it's a matter of pride in uh for 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 these companies and um uh it's it's funny because we uh, we've, we've helped facilitating on 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 a couple mta cases and uh and the companies that i talk to here uh underline the cultural fit and the contribution to the surrounding ecosystem really a lot. Uh, so so this creates a base also for advancement of the industry because if you don't have junior people in, if you don't find the opportunities for, for them to learn at work, then your industry is going to stay quite steady. Now, I can see, as you said, we have um, we have Soft Uni, we have Telerik Academy, we have these days we have a lot of regional schools all the way from from seven year old to to professionals uh, feeding feeding people uh, to to this industry and. But the kind of the responsibility of individual companies and the management is very very important and this is something that's really good in this country in my opinion yeah and a big shout out to the faculty of mathematics and informatics in sofia oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, i believe this is this is the place where 
everything started and the academies were born and the talents that made the academies actually uh, work were studying there at the Faculty of Mathematics and Informatics. So a uh, big shout out to uh, the yellow building. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds old... like you spent some time there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, seven years, almost eight, never finished. <laughs> Dropped out eventually. Dropped out eventually. Uh, all right. Should we take a break? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's take all a right. break and then we can continue. Our next goal is 2,500. Yes. Subscribers, subscribers on YouTube. Uh, and what is going to be the, the price? We are actually asking all around our social media profiles. And if you want to uh, receive something or, or you think something is a good, good, good gift idea, write us a comment underneath this video. Uh, of course, give a thumbs up. After the break. After the break. Commercial break. <laughs> Commercial break. So, Timo, what topic would you like to cover next? Ooh. Good question. Uh, I have a long list. <laughs> um, I think uh, talk, talking about IT and IT industry um, it, and from a business side of things, um, it would not be very fair if we didn't address the current market situation, mm -hmm. um, what's led up to it and, and how we're going to get out of it. Uh, what what are the results? Because, um, yeah, I've been on the IT industry for a long time, which means that I've seen few ups and downs. Um, I built built my first company when I was eighteen. I built my first startup during the dot com boom. Yes, I'm really that old. Um, so I I've seen it go. This is uh, one of the very few industries that switches so fast between a problem from sales to problem of supply. Mm. I mean, you have industries that have a constant supply problem. If you're in the home cleaning business, you're always struggling with supply. Sales is not your problem. Um, so IT industry, real estate industry, um, I, I don't know, maybe you can, uh, you can think of some other industry, uh, but these are industries where the change happens very fast. Uh, and and very fast doesn't mean in a year or a year and a half or two years. It means months. We saw that last year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we started because we get data uh, from both sides. We get data from our partners, and we we occasionally also survey from our partners how how is the business outlook. And of course, we can see it from the from how well. We get proposals, so when we when we say that okay, we're gonna need this type of a team, um, to 2022, uh, we had to then pick up the phone and uh, and call and uh, plead and and put teams together where people mm. will come from different companies. Um, 2023, when we did the same, we would get uh, a lot of proposals and we would get a lot of companies reaching out to us and saying, okay, we, we all of a sudden we have this team coming free. Mm. Would you have a client that's, that's interested in this? Um, quite honestly, our market got way overheated. Yeah. way overheated um, so uh, we started looking at 
a little bit before Russia's terrible unlawful attack to Ukraine, already a little bit before that, we started seeing that, okay, there's probably going to be a turn in the market. We were looking at some some bigger trends. Um, and then when the war happened, we basically started a clock and said, okay, the, to 2022, end of the year, this situation will start unraveling. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and it happened. Um, at the moment, um, we're, not, we're not making predictions. We're not trying, we're not trying to say that, okay, mm-hmm. Uh, things will be honky dory in uh, 2024 mm. end of the year. Uh, I mean, all 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 bets are off. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that we did see, especially 2022, um, kind of the side effects were uh, from uh, from completely overheated market. Um, there's there's several several factors. So so one is of course um, that businesses and people in the business start becoming arrogant. They start yeah. neglecting the basics. People stop developing themselves. Unfortunately, you still have, especially in Bulgaria, you still have a lot of people that are very driven, very driven by technology, by by advancing not in terms of money but in terms of passion towards the the trade. Um, but globally, as a whole, uh, we we've seen more and more people coming to the industry because of money. Yeah. Uh, so so they just want to make a big buck. Um, they don't necessarily understand that in order to make the big buck in this industry, you need to be also passionate. This is I, this is somewhat of at least I view it as a as somewhat of a lifestyle business in a yeah. in a in a sense as well. Um, uh, and then because the supply, so availability of talent started becoming so limited, a uh, lot of the lot of the ventures just wouldn't start. Mm. They there was a budget decision, and then uh, the, uh, six months went, and uh, they still didn't have the team together. Mm. Um, so I think. It was a good thing that that we that we saw a little cooling off um, the level of it, what it reached. It's it, it's it's painful for for many, yeah. um, because I think it's also uh, because 2022 still ended very strong. We looked at the yes. financials of yes. companies. Oh, my goodness, I've never seen IT companies yeah. uh, do that. Yep. Uh, that big profit, um, which then led to situation that um, maybe when some of the companies should have been downsizing, they didn't. So so they were they started eating the cash reserves, um, which is kind of understandable if 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 your primary problem last five years has been on recruitment, mm. uh, you hired bunch of recruiters just to attract talents, and then all of a sudden you should let them go. Um, so you'd rather not do it. Um, I think a lot of the industry 2023 was still very hopeful that okay, this is a bump, this will and, pass. And, and just to say, uh, for from the company's perspective, the talent 
your people is what makes you money. Yeah, and it, it's if, not if just <laughs> money. Is uh, I I know how it is, especially when you're a smaller company. Yeah. You really want to do right by mm. people. Mm. You you really want to make sure that your your team is well. Mm. And and obviously when when you need to let people go and and as as a business owner you might be faced with such a decision mm. um you also thinking that okay if i start letting people go it means that each and every one of my uh valuable team members are going to start prepping up their cvs yes uh so so this is something that you don't want happening uh but unfortunately if you if you have 50% of the people that are not billing Yeah, uh, you need to do something because because it's also not fair for the other 50% percent mm. uh, because you are setting yourself up to fail mm. um, but yeah I mean the situation is 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 not cool it's not it's not good I think what you just described like finishing 2022 very strongly like a very strong finish financially and then first half of 2023 was like riding high oh let's let's there's a lot of business things are looking good uh we experienced the same thing yeah. like up until uh q1 and q2 of 2023 things were great yeah and then suddenly like within a month Things just started deteriorating one by one by one by one from uh, companies not raising uh, money from VCs because VCs just don't want to give money away right now to businesses downscaling because they there is a lot of uncertainty there to, uh, and this is what I mentioned to Timo during the break, like we close a, we close a deal, we sign a contract, the client does not follow up. Or we issue an invoice and this invoice never gets paid. Like the level of uncertainty that we got from riding high, uh, things are great, we are great, and arrogance is a big problem. Mm -hmm. And even even for us, I think we were quite arrogant the first half of the year. Um, from getting from there to basically you you don't know what you're going to do uh this year like all bets are off all plans for growth are are off and with the companies that i talked to the last couple of weeks everyone is kind of uh in a survival mode right now yeah and uh, we are recording this january 2024 yeah yeah so yeah yeah this is uh, uh this is very unfortunate this is obviously it's a global phenomenon mm. um and and kind of to understand you you really need to go to macroeconomics you need to look at the basics why why is this happening cost of money is a big driving factor after all this industry um, there are basically three reasons for for an enterprise uh, to invest it is either to save costs generate new revenues or meet compliance yeah. uh, and then a lot of the work that's been fueling our industry especially the greenfield stuff the cool cool projects have been very forward-looking and now if all of a sudden the cost of money because the cost of money is is it doesn't affect only startups it affects enterprises as, as well, well yeah. 
they uh, un- unless unless you Apple, who has a war chest uh, like no other, uh, you are uh, you are at the mercy of money markets as well. Um, and the combination first we had the inflation that was just crazy, yeah. it, um, and uh, and then the Fed and central bank measures on on driving up interests. And uh, as I was saying on the break, from a Bulgarian perspective, this is a little it's a it's a strange and new situation because our mortgage rates here in Bulgaria are cheaper than anywhere else in the EU. Yeah. Uh, in Finland, we saw a bump where where a normal household for mortgage, uh, you would your effective uh, interest rate was below one, so zero point eight five. You might be so. Oh. I mean, then money become money you use on 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 your living becomes funny money. It's not it's not like real anymore, and and when this has been going on for ten fifteen years. Um, the apartment and house prices have been doubling several times over. And then all of a sudden you bump up the interest rates to 4%. Now, if you if your household income is at uh, if if you well off, uh, of fairly well off, if your your household income is 150,000, and your mortgage is 300,000, you are in a world of hurt. Um, and then this same, it's easier to understand, of course, from a personal perspective, um, but kind of the same applies to companies mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then uh, if we were hopeful uh, last year that, okay, the money money markets will recover quite fast and we're going to see the interest rates dropping and the demand mm-hmm. will start going up again, um, a lot of the enterprises were holding back on investments um, just to make sure that they survive. Yep. Uh, a lot of the startups were faced with the situation where their where their funding rounds wouldn't close. Uh, VC funding 2023 already on the first half of the year in states was down by 60%. Uh, so both of these combined, all of a sudden, you simply have have less work. Uh, Of course, there's depth about things that should have been built last year. So I think we're going to see slight increase in investments on the first first half of the year. But I don't I also don't think it will be huge. Mm. Uh, It's more like a little tick up. Um, And then I mean, as as an IT entrepreneur, it makes sense to follow the interests. <laughs> uh, it it makes sense to follow the startup investments because um, investing on startups is tricky. Yep. Getting getting your money out of there, and at the moment, if you have, because there is money. I mean, I mean, there is liquidity, uh, but if you get better uh, better payback from just interests why would you put money on a risky startup exactly yeah um and then this year we have this wonderful promise of ai so i think this is purely speculation from my side but i do think there are quite a few ventures or business decision makers that are holding back uh wondering that okay 
I started building this only at the end of the year, maybe I would get it for one third of the price because AI is already so advanced. I mean, we all been blindsided by how fast things have been happening with ChatGPT. Yep. And it's pushing, I think it's push, also, AI is also pushing the prices down uh, in our industry and also in the creative creative industry because r right now you can build things that you haven't had experience before if you have if you are generally like a good problem solver ai can enable you to do that and it's like a, it's learning on it's steroids. a person it's a it's, blessing it's, yeah it's it's learning on steroids yeah. but um we are techies we mm -hmm. we're driven by we're driven by problems we're driven by challenges we want to learn new things and and uh i i agree having the ai as your chat buddy makes learning completely diff mm. different for example uh, last year uh, i spent some time learning terraform which mm. is a infrastructure management um mm. language description language um I probably would not have done it if it wasn't for ChatGPT mm. because it allowed me to move so fast on getting it to production. But this is not necessarily just a good thing because it adds to complex uh, complexity yep. of of everything. So we're already suffering in the software <laughs> industry of over engineering, over engineering, uh, over complex solutions. Uh, uh, maybe before, if you would have uh, one monolithic backend mm. built with one version of Java or Python or PHP, mm. now you have seven microservices mm. running with three different languages and two different data storages yeah. and, and all of that. We have that at East. That's, that's why I can tell so well. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And 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 then you throw on top of that uh, code that's purely generated mm -hmm. by ChatGPT or Copilot that the developer doesn't fully understand what it does. Yep. So 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 we so we end up with the same same problem as we had with the first uh, outsourcing wave. <laughs> how you get output, but how useful? at the end of the day <laughs> let, let, let's go to the ai topic uh, in a, in a second because it's also something that i'd like to to explore and discuss but uh just to finish with the current market conditions at least for me the biggest lesson from last year was that what we do let's say uh, and, and at hacksoft we try to also do product mm. we are training everyone or like at least our uh, team leads and we try to uh help our clients on the product and business side of things meaning mm. let's build the things that will drive and generate revenue for you rather than uh simply building things for the sake of building things and what i realized last year is that even though we do a perfect job on the engineering side and a perfect job on the helping them with the products and to drive revenue side since we are not in control of the actual business and the actual revenue generation the moment that the recession or the the recession hits or we are uh, on a downturn uh, economic downturn we from an an investment that our clients are really happy to do 
overnight become cost. Yeah. And they need to cut that cost. Like yeah. this was my my general realization for the business that we are building. And I'm still wondering what we can do. I was joking we should build a marketing agency because it, Oh. At least we can uh, help with more with revenue, revenue generation and demand generation. But uh, this is like some of our clients are so happy working with us that they they kind of don't know the team. They don't they don't care who's who's on the team. They're getting things deployed to production. They're getting things uh, working. They're making money out of their software. But since we are not in the actual money making business we become cost and no matter how good our relationship is, we're going to get cut. I mean, this will never change because yeah. uh, also the success of IT project, the technology is just a small part of it. Yeah. You need to get people behind it internally and this is where things often fail. So maybe maybe you bring, uh, maybe you build the uh, the greatest things and sliced bread that's bringing together marketing and sales, but you never get marketing and sales to talk to each other. So your marketing machine is feeding uh, amazing qualified leads to sales, and the salespeople are saying that oh this system is too hard to use. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to use my Rolodex. <laughs> Um, and uh, of course, um, kind of the degree of control for the success, uh, it it depends on where you are on the value chain yes. and what is the what is the value that you're trying to bring to the to your clients. Uh, that's why a lot of the IT projects, the control of those is actually on the big consulting companies because. They start from the business problem. They uh, they build the processes mm. to support uh, the IT solution that's coming later down the line. Um, but to get there is um, is a tricky proposition. So so my uh, my kind of in instinctive uh, proposal for that would be. To find a much much tighter focus because if if you can focus what you do if you really get deeper into understanding the industry yeah. uh, or particular area of technology uh, it's easier for clients to remember what is it that you do yeah. you you in a box um, and then your added value goes up regardless of what's your business model you bring more value because the client doesn't need to teach you the basics of business. The risk there is, of course, that again we talk about arrogance, uh, and and this I've seen uh, seen on the marketing side a lot. All of a sudden, people think that okay, they know their business better mm. than the clients. Well, yeah. that's yeah, very very rarely true. Yeah. So so it's it's you you uh, it's about finding a right kind of a mm. balance. Um, but I do think focus, focus is super important. Um, and then, because we see a lot of our partners investing, investing on doing more outbound sales. So mm. people who were doing recruitment 2022 have now oh. been trained up to do outbound sales in 2023. Everybody's shouting. Mm. I mean, uh, 
uh, I have clients that get uh, close to 100 approaches in LinkedIn in a week. Wow. Wow. Uh, and uh, people from all over the world. If your title is CTO on a big company or CIO, you get bombarded. Uh, Your phone is ringing off the hook. Mm. It's red. It's all the time. Uh, So so what do you do in this kind of a market situation? Are are you going to become one of those who shout more? Or, uh, or, or are you doing what, what what you guys are doing, which I think is is amazing. You've been very very consistent on 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 creating something that people mm. want to come to, because you you need to be able to turn it turn it around. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I don't I don't have a silver bullet. Yeah, we we, we don't have a solution either. We're just, we're just thinking, hey, we have a pretty good team. We are whenever we engage with someone, they're pretty happy with us, and we we help them drive their business. But perhaps we need to think about something for those downturn downtimes. Yeah, I think it's also about understanding truly mm. understanding your clients and their reasons for choosing you mm. and liking you. Because uh, it's it's very easy um, if you don't ask them directly, and this is what uh, we talked about service design the the other time. Uh, service design is a lot about research; it's about understanding your your target audience and their pains and gains. Um, we might think, okay. They like working with us because we're so brilliant. We have such a good technology understanding and we're so fast at delivering. Well, it might be that it is very straightforward to deal with uh, with yep. Rado. As I pick up the phone, I don't need to explain things. So, um, so if that's actually the competitive advantage, then uh, maybe you should start bringing that up in the value proposition. That's very hard because everyone says that they are the most customer oriented and all of that. But can you find a way to twist it yeah. to 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 uh, to bring it more uh, more to be part of your competitive advantage? And that's that's why things like uh, we just did for our own company um, business business model canvas. Yeah. Uh, Nice. <laughs> and uh, and and every year we go through we go through the personas who we talk to, how we bring value to them, uh, and and then we conduct interviews. So right. so, so uh, we we're very blessed to have have networks. So we uh, we have people who can say, okay, talk talk to Timo. Uh, do the interview and we do an interview it's not a sales call it's an interview to understand the pain point so even even though uh, we've been in the industry mm. a long time um, you, you still don't understand you assume yeah and you, more assume. you assume and the less you validate the yeah. more the more arrogant you get yeah. I think something uh, or or illusioned or or delusion yeah yeah well, that's that's something that we definitely need to to work on because this this particular realization was uh, like important one <laughs> that you are a cost uh, when the times are bad, and uh, yeah, we'll 
we'll definitely keep on keep on looking at, at this because we want to continue growing and at least maintain what what we're doing because everyone here is kind of I, I think people working at Hacksoft are kind of happy to work at Hacksoft because they they enjoy they enjoy the process they enjoy the freedom they enjoy their they like their colleagues but uh, yeah. At the at the end of the day, you need to be able to pay your bills. Yeah. That's, that's that's very true. But I th <laughs> I think it's a very important and good good insight. I don't mm. know if it was the client telling it or or it was your own insight, but understanding that yes, you you can be a cost item, yeah. uh, not a revenue generating item. It's about facing realities. It's it's not right or wrong. Yeah. It doesn't mean. That that you couldn't succeed uh, in in this business by by just being a cost item, uh, but it's good good to be aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, there's this term called just business, which uh, when we back in the years when we were hearing this from clients, hey, it's, it's just business at, at the end. We were taking it quite personally, but I think we managed to turn it around. And sometimes we are also like, hey, it's it's just business. You know, a, at the end, at the end of the, at the end of the day, yeah. and uh, speaking. So, what what would you like to see in the Bulgarian IT uh, industry to happen? Uh, what is your wish list or the direction that you think uh, we should all uh, go or drive uh, to in order to grow? It's we're at four billion right now. How, how do we get to eight or ten? I, my 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 wish has very much to do with personal development mm. um, so one of the things that i've always appreciated a lot about bulgarian it culture and working with bulgarian uh, colleagues is is that we have a culture here where people are driven mm. they're passionate to learn they're passionate to advance um, and uh, and the past years where the where the demand has been through the roof, uh, I also see more and more um, people that have kind of forgotten this. Mm. I mean, I interview maybe uh, between fifty and no, uh, more closer. Probably last year I interviewed maybe hundred people. All right, uh, technical technical interviews, um, and and one of the things that I always try to understand is that what's your relationship to technology? Are you, are you, is it, is it a job? Mm. Is it, is it nine to five? Did you end up in the business because you were, you just wanted to build something? Um, and I'm not saying either is, is, is right or wrong because as business matures, you also need people that come there just to work that's a that's a healthy sign but regardless of which, which which side of the fence you are developing oneself is super important and and when things are a little mm. lower people tend to also lose some of the drive that they have mm. but this is the opportunity this is the opportunity to build uh, and then uh, then in terms of uh, Again, kind of expensive, expensive lessons because uh, I I used to run a service mm. uh, service provider company and we were uh, we were doing end to end we were doing uh, staff augmentation not so much of that more more, more end to end um, and then we were building our pro own products um, 
the company really started making much much better uh, profit when we when we found the focus so we mm. we killed all the product ventures we we understood that you can be two at the same time yeah. products are great for keeping people engaged and keeping them busy but then you tend to overinvest there and, and and you start looking at problems that okay i have a hammer that must be a nail. It doesn't look like a nail, but you know, think if we hammer it enough, it, it becomes a nail. Um, so focus again. I mean, I'm not saying don't do product, but but as a small company, focus is really, really, really important. Um, we struggle with it as well. We 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 just been doing this year's planning, and we're focusing more. I'm slightly frustrated that the, that that we kind of the outcome of our focusing uh, still keeps us uh, across uh, across verticals. So mm. we're still working with with all different technologies and different industries. Um, but if I was running a software company, I would definitely go for for very tight focus. You will focus on technology, or you will focus on uh, like industry segment, or it, w- it it would depend where my strength was. All right. Uh, but this was a big learning. Um, my previous startup, uh, we we built a we built a platform for mm. for developing native mobile apps entirely from the back end. So so server side built native apps. Nice. Uh, and the biggest biggest learning, biggest mistake that we did was that we were trying to be everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we would build Tinder clones, we would build business apps, we would build apps that were integrated with some some business systems. Whereas if we chose a very, very uh, narrow vertical niche or an ecosystem to tap into, you have an ecosystem, you have the Django ecosystem that you yep. tapped into, and this is hugely valuable. And uh, and I, I just wish that we would have would have realized that sooner, that, okay, yeah. you, you as a small company, you can be everything for everyone. All right, yeah, that's... Uh, we've got we've we've gotten through throughout years a lot of business by simply being in the Django industry. Without our uh, in the Django ecosystem, without our intention being, we are there for the business. We were there because we were kind of liking liking it, and yep. we are we still are. Uh, but my problem with focus is every time we try to focus on something then the leads that we are getting are for something else when we focus on the django industry like we are getting folks that say uh, we don't need help with that right now but i have someone let me connect you with this someone and then this someone is in an entirely different industry doing entirely different thing and one of uh, one of our value propositions is we are fast learners you know we will we will learn the domain in a yep, month or yep. two and start building but uh, and, and i believe that and uh and i i i suffer from the same and and especially for when you're a small company owner and and you're weighing in okay am i gonna stick to my focus hmm. or am i gonna make sure that these four guys have yes. work to do becomes very very difficult well it doesn't you're gonna make sure that these four on guys our end it's always about <laughs> that those four guys or girls have something yeah. to do yeah. but uh but a good measure or whether you focused or not is is not where you get the business from it's what you say no to 
so if you're not saying no to business, then you don't have focus. Then you're just out there selling. Mm-hmm. All right. So so we definitely don't have a focus. <laughs> I, this is probably the hardest hardest year uh, alongside 2023 to to be there and say we have a focus and we're gonna say no to your business um so i mean it's something <laughs> to think about well we used to say no to a lot of business opportunities in like last year and the year before that now the situation is a little bit different because the thing that we are selling or we think internally that we are selling is uh, teams like what we are strongest at is building teams technology fine we're passionate about technology we're pretty good with it but what like we really like building teams that can uh, do the work and you're not even noticing them and that's why when we were saying no, it felt strange because you are leaving money on the table. And now when there's like, there, a lot of companies have problems that need to be solved on, on the people level. And then you introduce a team lead and then you build a team around that. And when you have a functioning team, then the problems that they're solving are, uh, are coming second. And I think that's why that's why we we realized we were leaving a lot of money on the table, and we started saying yes to way way more many things, where we still provide value, but yeah. because we are people oriented and we're building, we like building teams. I think that's that's the like the truth about Hacksoft. We like building teams. We like having those people around and working with them. And I'm, I mean that's 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 great. That's a that's a life lifeblood of the of a of a company. And I I think uh, I know enough about what you do. You've been doing a great job, but is it enough to differentiate? Are you able no. to convince your clients that you are so much better at it than the company next door? Mm. Um, that's a. Uh, at the uh, at the end of the day, even though you have all the operational excellency, uh, that's great. But as a small company, uh, you need to make your clients uh, understand that there is something that's different about you. Mm. Um, it it can be a personality. It can be a personal relationship. At the end of the day, it is always trust. So trust is always you can't have a business relationship yeah. without trust. But but how do you get to the point where you can start building that trust? You you need to you need yeah. to differentiate somehow. And price is a poor differentiator. Uh, good customer service or capability on on building with the latest and greatest technology is often poor. There are cases, though, for example, if if you have a very specific niche technology. Yeah. Um, SAP, for example. SAP is not niche, but if you if you take one on one of the modules mm-hmm. and then you look at one part of that module, yeah. for example, integrating with the 
with Salesforce. So maybe there's a company that uses SAP and they use Salesforce and they use the commerce tools and and then uh, the special know-how and integration, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the pool starts becoming much smaller and your competition becomes uh, much smaller. So then it's possible that yeah, uh, people who are your clients uh, know about your existence. Mm -hmm. Because one thing is the saying no part. Mm -hmm. The other part is understanding who are not your clients. So when you go through the exercise of building those profiles, uh, you need to have a lot of people mm. that are just not relevant to your business. Um, and, and, and for that, uh, I recommended the, the service design framework. Um, Waiting for the book to arrive. I mean, it's you can get it electronic. But sometimes if, if the topic is important to you, you want a hardcover book. You want to read that book. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you want to do a few of those exercises. Mm. Uh, because, um, as I said, it's so easy to assume. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And that's that's a topic that we will definitely come back to and i, I believe uh because timo we've left a lot of other things <laughs> on the table i'm sorry about that no, I, I don't tend to get a little that's the general ram idea. rambling and that's and the general little... idea of the podcast and i hope I everyone listening and, and watching yeah they, they do enjoy <laughs> we will uh most certainly do a second episode with uh with timo uh how are we all right so let's say it like this we will most probably not most probably most certainly do a um second episode with timo in order to cover some other things so we can now say uh we can now say the thing about uh the keyboard do you promise the uh I, second uh, episode yeah yeah okay so, teddy one more promised episode in the book that is maintaining a list of promised episodes by us i was teasing the guys that they really be milking this keyboard a lot <laughs> <laughs> The keyboard's gone. We don't have it anymore. Where is it? It's in the car. We, it's we here. Do, we do have it. <laughs> we actually recorded the video of us picking one of uh, our thousand subscribers. We went over a thousand subscribers. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. This means a lot to us and a lot to Teddy. So we have a winner. Uh, we will be uploading the video. Well, by the time of you watching this episode, the video will, will be already out. So what's our next goal? So our next goal is... 2,500 yes. subscribers. subscribers on YouTube. Uh, and what is going to be the, the price? We are actually asking all around our social media profiles. And if you want to uh, receive something or, or you think something is a good, good, good gift idea, write us a comment underneath this video. Uh, of course, give a thumbs up. Timo, what would you suggest? Ooh, that's a difficult one. A Lambo. No, something something reasonable. <laughs> All right. I I like I like experiences. Um, okay, bringing people to Bulgaria might be a little far fetched, but uh, being here in Bulgaria, I would like love to have a weekend on Rodopi. Uh, Bulgaria has magical mountains. Uh, we were in August. We were in uh, in Rodopi, mm -hmm. my favorite mountain range in Bulgaria. Uh, I, it's I, haven't, really magical. I, I, I haven't slept that well in, uh, in several years. 
All right, that's I wrote this down. That's actually a good idea, and we might think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another idea, also related to well-being. Um, I have a. This is a. It's a Finnish Finnish invention. It's a smart ring. All right. Uh, one of the best, best investments on on life quality. So it's a sleep tracker. Uh, what sets them apart is that the algorithm is very good so they uh, this is very close to to a medical uh, sleep tracking device um, and it has given me so many insights uh, for example I stopped alcohol three years ago very this is one of the reasons I could see how it was affecting my sleep and my readiness so here's nice. here's another other tip do you need to charge it you need to charge it, but it lasts several days, okay. which is pretty amazing. Apple okay. Watch, you need to you need to charge uh, charge every day. Um, this will go f- five days. Wow! Thank you very much. We've written this down, and we will figure out in one of the next episodes what we're going to give. Important thing: when you are subscribing, if you want to be participating for whatever we are going to do with subscribers, make sure your subscription to our channel is public. Otherwise, we cannot see it. Uh, how to make your subscription public? Well, you can ask Google, or you can ask just ask Google. ChatGPT was not giving uh, good answers for this. And to finish, on the next time we invite you, we are going to talk about AI in more details. All right. Thank you. Promised. Promised. <laughs> Let's finish with the human side of things. Sure. How do you rest and recharge? Oh. Um, I have few few go-tos. So I'm I'm a, I'm a big food enthusiastic. I cook mm. I cook a lot. Uh, I mean because I'm a nerd, I I go all nerd out with my cooking also. <laughs> when you see my kitchen, you you understand it's full of gadgets. Now I'm I'm more on the traditional Bulgarian, so fermenting and all of, all of that. Oh, nice. Uh, and then sports, uh, I do road cycling, snowboarding, and swimming. Those are my uh my sports also this is not a sports tracker uh, it's not a paid advertising uh <laughs> it's not a sports tracker but it's a it's a good way to keep keep track so um, i do about 150 uh sports sessions uh, per year i try oh, wow. to i try to keep that up um what's a little funny but especially when i was still the ceo my one of my favorite relaxa- relaxation activities was coding <laughs> but uh, in general not anymore <laughs> yeah i would say in general um try to limit your work working hours to to reasonable level and you you just feel much better from for me it's steady sports and sleep are are kind of the cornerstones and then of course my lovely lovely family i work oh. with my wife uh, so so we, we we're together basically 24 7 and then i have three wonderful kids so so doing things with them i i i'm blessed you are indeed well timo i think this was an extremely interesting episode. I was really looking forward to it. We Likewise, yeah. thank you. I mean, you guys have really, really good insights, and uh, and I I've been a big fan uh, of 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 your uh, video cast and your marketing in general. Mm. I I think 
you're an exemplary company on on how as a small company mm. make a make a difference produce content that is worthwhile because now with all this ai content there is so much bs out there <laughs> uh, yeah, the yeah. fact that you guys really put thought yeah. into it i say thank you thank you very much and this is our gift to you we are giving it on camera sure. Um, I think my shoe size is a little bigger. Than <laughs> <this>. <laughs> and uh, thank you everyone for watching. Ivo, would you like to close? Like, subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.